<laughs> Wait, are you um you're editing this afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so um, if we do a a a bit where it's like, yes, this is the this is the British episode. You have to put four seasons over the over the beginning of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the Ginger Talks podcast. My name is Ginger Snaps. Joining me, as always, is the wonderful Druid Knowledge. Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> I was waiting for you to keep going, but that's cool. Oh, no, I'm really bad with lyrics. I'm sorry. Uh, it, which <laughs> that's, is funny. That's non-starter for all the listeners. C- coming from you, that's that, that kills me. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and joining us this week is the wonderful Adzy W. Adzy, how you doing, bud? Who? Oh, him. Me. Right. Yeah. Hi. Um, doing all right. Doing all right. Thank you for coming on to this week's podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Cheers very much. It's, um, was weird to be asked to be on something about myself. So here I am. Well, so this you are the guest on the third episode of the podcast, and really the the basis of the podcast, which I kind of cover very loosely with anybody I ask who wants to be on, I kind of throw everybody into it blindly, because that's what I do, um, is it's just a conversation with someone from the community who has some some form of talent or they stream or they're an artist, a musician, whatever. And we just sit down, we have, have a conversation and we, uh, then give you a little spot at the end to promote anything you want to promote. And it was only fitting and natural for me that you were one of the first people because we interact so much and, not as much as I would like, but we interact, we stream together, and so it. I just had to get you on early. Finger guns. <laughs> Finger guns. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. And then... Yeah, and it occurred to me, uh, just before we recorded this, that, you know, it's episode three. We've now got more content, or a... a than the first Lord of the Rings film. <laughs> <laughs> Just let that sink in for a second. But which cut is the question? Uh, well, I'm just going to say the, the just the original cut. Okay. We're not extended yet. Maybe after this one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Peter Jackson can do a uh, director's commentary of the, of the episode so far after we've recorded this one. Yeah, Andy Circus on talking about how challenging it was to play me. <laughs> <laughs> I played a lot of monsters in my time, but fuck this guy. <laughs> so, we... Sort of Andy Circus hissing at a camera. <laughs> I'm just picturing you sat there with mocap dots on. 
<laughs> Was I not supposed to? <laughs> this isn't a video podcast, Adzi. This is an audio podcast. Oh, fuck. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> bought the smoke up suit, even bought one for the cat. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna super we're gonna superimpose you onto the cat's face. <laughs> it's cat C W, everybody. Oh, <gasps> is that what I need to start calling Maddie from now on? <laughs> no. Maddie is just Maddie. Aww. She is her own precious princess. She is. So I guess oh, for people okay, who don't know who you are um introduce yourself a little bit for us um i'm a supremely uninteresting person that happens to have done a lot of interesting things um (laughs) i uh work i work primarily in it and that's all i'm going to talk about my job because it's really not that interesting um but my off time, I stream, I write, I run uh, role-playing games, uh, and I just generally clown on other people's content. Uh, Big respect for that. I've, I've uh, tried to craft a whole persona on that. <laughs> I'd say yeah, you, I, you both I have play, done it successfully. I, I play video games made by better and smarter people than me and ruin them. It's uh, great. And... At least 12 people have decided that's worth throwing money at, so here I am. Here's to the 12. I, I hope you're all here with us today. The Dirty Dozen. Yeah. Uh, well, when, what, when did you start streaming then? What, what got you into uh, playing video games online and uh, commenting on it and doing that whole thing? What, what started you, what started like, you in that direction? At the beginning of this year, I was just like... I'm going to do something this year. Like, in January, I was just like, I, this year I will do something. I will do something that I haven't done before that's interesting that I think I can keep up with. And I was like, okay, my first stream is going to be this day. And I'm going to do... It was at that point, like, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Just three days a week while I was working at my, my uh, previous job. And I loved it. It was great. It was very, uh, I don't know, like it, it never felt like, it's never felt like work. It's kind of just felt like, um, this is some stuff I can share with, with the people I, I enjoy being around and, uh, some occasionally strangers come in and I make new friends. Excellent. It's amazing to hear how many people, I mean, have started streaming within the last year. It's been quite, uh, been quite the season for Twitch. Yeah, um, I have a feeling there's been a, uh, a fairly um, large social pressure to uh, express oneself inside their own home. So, yeah, of course, uh, he, the disease that shall shall not be named. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. So, and then from there, you guys have ended up convening. Um, mm-hmm. how, how did that come about? So, um, by the way, for the, um, I think I said it before the podcast, but like for those who are wondering what the uh, the foley that I'm doing in the background is, um, I have a, a plate of cookies and some milk, which I'm eating while we're while we're talking. 
so wholesome. I love it. He's so, it's not really cookies, it's chocolate graham crackers that we had left over from something. He's wholesome until you hang out with him on a Friday night. Crimes. Crimes. So yeah, we met through a mutual friend. Um, I'll use his handle because I don't know if um, he wants his like real name out there. Yeah. Uh, Nosmo. Oh, Nas. Yeah. Uh, Nosmo is a member, was a member of my community. We haven't seen around in a hot minute. I hope he's doing well, but he's he, doing all right. Yeah. Good. He, uh, there's a self promotion channel in my discord server and he posted, uh, a post that just said, Hey, my friend is trying to get to affiliate. He needs followers and he needs viewers. And I, myself and one of the guys on my moderation team were just like, you heard the man, let's go. And we just rallied the troops. And I think we flooded his, his stream one night. And I was streaming that night. And so I raided him and we just hung out and we hung around and I liked the, the cut of his jib. And, uh, then you know, it's it's just become a, a friendship. Yeah. Yeah, we um, sort of hung out. It it was uh, it was really quite something. Like um, it, I remember, kind of being floored by. I think I was playing like Lost Ember at the time. I think so. Being like floored by just like people engaging in chat and everything it was amazing. It's a good feeling. Um, but yeah, Nos uh, is my my best friend in the world um, that I'm not married to. <laughs> uh, he, like, he's been friends with me since uh, we were at uh, Sixth Form College together, which is like seven, uh, optional schooling at like 17, 18. I think it's like junior and senior year for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, we just like kept up with each other while I was at uni and then after uni I lived with him for a couple of years while I was getting my stuff together to come here and um, yeah we just have like an extremely natural chemistry he's like my uh, my younger brother it's, he's a he's a genuinely good dude so you mentioned that you came here so you are currently in the states Yes. So. Traitor. <laughs> you know what? Every 4th of July, I get the same treatment. <laughs> over here. I come outside and some minute man has left a bucket of salt water and some Tetley on my doorstep. <laughs> oh my goodness, Tetley. Is Tetley a thing over there? Yeah, Tetley is kind of a, the standard brand you can find over here. You can find Yorkshire tea, but it's like difficult to source. I think it's like Albertsons carries it, maybe. <laughs> and it's here like, we go. It, it took all of about five minutes for the British guys to start talking about tea. It's... <laughs> people are surprised by it. It's like, oh yes, they talk about tea. It's like, you don't, you don't understand. It's a cultural touchstone for all of us. Like, you can ask someone their birthday and they'll think about it for a second. You can ask somebody, um, like, what their mom's name is, and they'll think about it for a second. 
Hey, Druid, how do you take your tea? Oh, uh, one sugar, a splash of milk. There you go, instantly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I, oh yeah, white two sugars. In in the in the primary school I used to work at, or sorry, the junior high school <laughs> that I used to work <laughs> at, um, <laughs> there was a there was a young there was a young child by the name of Hasib, and he uh, he used to call tea bags black dips <laughs> because uh, it's black on the inside and you dip it in water. Oh, oh no. You got any black dips, sir? That's awful. Was English his first language? Uh, yes. Okay. But, you know, a lot of He was trying to get the... In that case, he was trying to get it going. He's a, he's a bloody genius, as far as yeah. I'm Trying to be a trendsetter? The reason I asked that question was because I wasn't going to make fun of somebody for, like, trying to get their head around what can loosely be called a language. <laughs> Don't worry, I wouldn't I wouldn't feed you that turkey. That's right. <laughs> you said feed me that turkey and I just imagined you with like a fistful of like um Oscar Mayer like <laughs> <laughs> sliced meat. Yeah, you know, I'm a vegetarian but I still like to caress hamburger helper through the bag. <laughs> How we roll. That's how we roll in, uh, in Birmingham, UK. All right. <laughs> that's. I knew that I was going to be the outlier in this podcast today. You two hailing from where you hail from, and then there's just me. You know. Hi, I'm just a dirty, rotten American. It's fine. <laughs> well, it's about time your supremacy ended. I mean, we won't go there. But. No, and I, I'm excited because you guys are going to talk about things that I won't understand, and I'll just be sitting here Googling while we talk. <laughs> I Let's keep a count of how many times that happens on the, the podcast, because I, I genuinely don't think it's going to be that many. Uh, well, there's already been one. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was just excited because like, we've only done a, we've done a grand total of one interview, mm-hmm. and I'm... Like, and one episode where we just spoke, and I constantly find myself trying to explain, uh, like, what school years are, and um, <laughs> I say, like, store instead of shop. And just to hear you say the word stick form college made mm. my heart dance a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so our system is um, uh, 5 to 11 is primary school then 12 to 16 is secondary school 17 18 is sixth form college and then after that it's uni if you go to uni yeah and and before uh five years old it's i'm a cop you idiot <laughs> but what 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 <laughs> well, what kindergarten cop oh listen uh, nursery is what we call it in the UK. The, nursery and reception. Yeah. I was probably in kindergarten the last time I saw a kindergarten cop. Okay, leave me alone. <laughs> oh, sorry. Were you in the class? No, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Such a, good, such a good film. You should watch it right after this. <sighs> so many things to do. So little time. 
the softest no I've ever received. A lot of people hear that, so don't don't think it's personal. You can ask you can ask Adzi <laughs> when we prepare for a Friday night because we we uh, participate in Friday night crimes. Uh, how often has it been that I've been like, nah, I'm running late? I mean, fairly often. It was Druid's fault this time. <laughs> Should have uh, late drunk to the podcast. Uh, way to name and shame me. Anyway, <laughs> on air. We talked about this. I thought I signed a, like an, an NDA. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no NDAs, no you contracts, buddy. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, here we go. Oh, it's all, it's all clamber on the Druid. Druids drinking a fine glass of Casalero del Diablo Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, he's obviously drunk. Well, I've got one word for you. No, I'm just... No, I, see, I have shown up, I don't know, late, I've shown up late, I don't know how many times to mine and add these, like, planned things, and I'm just like, shit, 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 And then... He's just like, no, it's cool. Everything is fine. I made it work. And I'm like, uh-huh, I'm terrible. If I was actually, if I was actually bothered by it, I would be like, Drew, listen, we, we need to talk after the podcast. We need to have a discussion about like showing up on time and making people wait. But I haven't done that. Oh, uh, that's very good of you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I, uh, it might surprise uh, you guys and the listeners at home that I am not a very punctual person, generally speaking. What? No. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I am the dude out of the Big Lebowski, essentially. <laughs> That's who I am. I've made peace with that... Um, Moving forward, I'll, I'll try and be better because we've got guests, we've got responsibilities now. I'm, I'm sorry, I'd say. No, you're right. Like I said, if, I was, if I was actually bothered about it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's almost. The I'm threat. not gonna, I'm not gonna come into your house and just be like, "Where the fuck are you?" Yeah, I'm waiting, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> that's because put a name on a t-shirt. Let's go. <laughs> We were, Adzi and I were sitting here basically doing separate things, just kind of waiting and kicking around, and he had to listen to, Druid, you, you know these sounds, and you know these these words, because I, when I'm working on something, and I go, God, no, shit, damn it, well, that doesn't work, oh, <laughs> he had to listen to that, <laughs> and so he either just tuned me out completely, or... He was just very nice and polite and respectful and just listened to it and then didn't no. say a damn thing. <laughs> the, I mean, like, that's that's half of my job. And also, like, that was my internal monologue while uh, finagling something in War Thunder. So, like, uh, the, the waveform of that just sort of overlapped and cancelled itself out. Yeah, I... Punctuality is has never been my, my strong suit. If my mom and or sister ever hear this, I'm going to get a text message that says, no shit, dumbass. Mm. <laughs> you have never been punctual your, your entire life. <laughs> and it's just something that people need to know and expect with me. You need to tell me some, I need to be somewhere like 15 minutes ahead of time. So I'll only be there five minutes late in reality. Like 
it's it's rough and I know it and I try so hard it just never works <laughs> I, I generally end up showing for, showing up for things early because um, I get excited about something I'm like I want to do a thing now I want to do a thing <laughs> the like that if you ever wondered why like my um, my stream starts at 6.30 but it like goes live at 6.15 it's because I'm just like I've got a life okay let's put a life let's put life so I can get everything going in the background it's I should probably stop doing that because it's like you'll have to stare at a, a timer for 15 minutes that's there's been times where we've gotten together because so Adzi and I we've danced around what it's called but it's Friday Night Crimes and uh, we we get together and we play Friday Night Crimes and I'll be getting ready to sit down to get into voice chat with Adzi and I get the going live notification and it's the mad rush like if you've ever seen someone like in a play where they're like, oh god, I've got to do something now. And that whole dramatic, like, lean back as they move forward. That's <laughs> literally what it is. Me running around my bedroom, like, getting fluids and making sure I'm set up and I'm ready. And I'm like, Aah! and then I pop in a voice chat and she's like, hi. <laughs> You're bringing that energy to it. And because... <laughs> you guys play together on a Friday night. It's a, uh, it's got a touch of drama. So you, you, I don't think the, the actor metaphor. I don't think it's that far fetched because you guys uh, do a little bit of voice acting together on a Friday night, don't you? Acting, dear boy. Mm. <laughs> and what Adzi uh, prompted you to become a thespian? Uh, fuck this question. <laughs> Okay, back to the I card. Just, like, I just Adzi, like what, what's your favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> That's a harder question. I don't know the answer to that question. It's it's legit giving me a slight existential crisis. Remember when you used to have favorite colors? Uh, Fuck. I still have favorite colors. What are you talking about? And we're getting back to the existential crises. This might if be a new theme. What my favorite movie is, and I'm just like, ah, oh, Demolition Man. <laughs> Oh my god, I watched that the other day. It's <laughs> fucking good. So good. I'm not sure if it really is my favourite movie, but it's the it's the one movie that appears in the front of my brain. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's... It's just... It's great to see Slice the Lion doing something a little bit different, and the touch of humour in it is just perfect, I think. It's absolutely stupid movie. I love it so much. Yeah, I actually literally. have three seashells in my bathroom by the toilet. Yes, <laughs> that's that's one for the eagle-eyed listener, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just—it's so corny at the end. He gets like Sandra Bullock, and there's the whole thing about like sex in the film. They don't have sex properly, mm. and he gets her at the end, and he's like, "How about we do this the old-fashioned way, huh?" <laughs> like, Sly, what are you doing? That's I ended up talking to someone recently about shitty movies, and it, I'm not saying Demolition Man is shitty, so let me backtrack and rephrase there. But I have a. No, I won't fight you on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's not. It's not exactly Citizen Kane. Let's be honest. It's a terrible movie, but I, it's it's still one of my favorites. It's. Can, can we just can we just like acknowledge the fact that uh, Wesley Snipes' character's name is like Simon phoenix 
Yeah. And he, his catchphrase is, Simon says, die. <laughs> yep. I, so I have a, a movie shelf. I still collect DVDs and Blu-rays and 4K discs and stuff like that. And I have a shelf that is all based around one set of actors. And then I have all of my comic book movies and Blu-rays and stuff all together. And then I have about three and a half shelves of trash. <laughs> it's like B-rate sci-fi channel horror movies and really shitty rom-coms and just trash movies. And almost every time someone walks into my bedroom and looks at my movie shelf, oh, I love this movie. And they pull a movie off of that, like three and a half shelves. that's just like there. And I'm like, do you want it? Oh no, no, no. Then why do you love that movie? Get it the fuck out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, me and Will used to watch uh, the Roger Corman collection a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great stuff. Mega Shark vs. Giant Octopus. Um, Shark... Like, there was a movie called Sharktopus, which is legit, like, an amazing piece of garbage. It is a, it is a well-polished turd. Sorry, I have to Google yeah, real there's quick. Nothing, there's nothing better in a movie than... Oh, Sharktopus. Um... Pictures of Sharktopus <coughs> in the Patreon if, if we ever get one. Hmm. <laughs> it just adds his face um, superimposed on the top because he's still wearing his mocap suit. I'm the best! <laughs> oh, I knew the I knew Adstopus. that name. That was one of my favourite parts of... Um, if, if you've played Resident Evil Village yet. I haven't, but I've seen the full playthrough. It's when you go, uh, you go do the Moreau fight. Mm. And uh, he's just leaping out the water going, I'm the best! Yeah. Great. It made me laugh so hard. Yeah. Oh, Poor wow. Moreau. Poor Moreau. He just wanted mother's love. Mm. therapist Moreau. Holy shit. Have you found the sharktopus? Oh my goodness, yeah. That's the sound of someone discovering the sharktopus. <laughs> no, I... I'm looking at his... I'm looking at the IMDB page for... Like a bunch of actors who've been in literally nothing else. No, for Roger Corman. Oh, didn't Roger Corman did the original Fantastic Four? Am I thinking of the right person? And it was unreleased. Yes. And it's somehow like, and it's like a, it, they made the film as a tax break, so they yeah. never it, they yeah. never intended on releasing it. He, they yeah. literally just did it as a contract for filler, and it's literally better than any of the Fantastic Four films that studios have tried. It's to <laughs> it's like shot on ravioli, and it looks like a porn. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it's not that bad. Like it's, it's fine to look at. I've heard it's not that bad. I've not actually seen it. And then isn't there one? There's another one. There's. It's not Roger Corman, I don't think. But there's there's like a Captain America movie. It's like a made-for-TV movie, and um, for some bizarre reason, the costume department has decided to 
put holes where his ears are, so his ears are just sticking out of the costume, and it's the strangest fucking look. I, I, it's just so I think that's, weird. That's the the Bruno Mattis. I was like Bruno Mattis. I was like, but Red Brown was the the actor in it. Yeah. Yeah. For um, yeah, the the Captain America movie where he throws three punches. And five sides. Of, no, no. He throws zero punches. His shield is made of clear perspex, <laughs> and it like goes bionk off someone's head at one point. <laughs> like he, <laughs> it just it doesn't like the uh, the vibranium shield from the new movies. Like hits with some real impact. That one just looks like he just domed someone with a frisbee. Yeah, yeah. Like the the red skulls like. Hey, quit it, mein Herr. Yeah. That's strong. Oh, uh, Red Skull's not in it. Is, is he not? No. No, 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 oh, no. no. It's, it? it's like a scientist who is angry at the world, and I think played by Christopher Lee, or I might be mixing my movies up. So the one I'm talking about is... must be like 1990 or something I can't remember it's been so long I mean I can't believe I'm even dedicating this much thought to it at this point so I do have to because I, I did stumble onto the Sharktopus IMDB page oh it, yeah? in the did you know section soundtracks oh, wait, so hold on yeah the Captain America 1990 you're talking about was a different one to the one I was talking about yeah and Here's the trivia. Sorry, Ginger, but here's the trivia about that one. Is that Captain America is played by Matt Salinger. Yes. Who is the son of the author of Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. That's crazy. The film rights were originally purchased by Universal, who planned a theatrical feature-length film starring Jeff Bridges as Captain America. That would have been interesting. <laughs> and Peter Fonda as the Red Skull. Okay. Oh, wow. One to watch. Which was it's supposed to include also the Falcon, Baron Zemo, and Bucky Barnes. Hmm. Um, the film ultimately never got made, and then they sold the rights to the Canon Group, uh, and it was made with... Uh, It was made with a Yugoslavian film studio. Uh, always a sign of quality. <laughs> In the like early nineties, where like the Berlin Wall had just come down, they were like, "Oh yeah, let's have a go at this capitalism thing." Yeah, well, yeah that was good. The red, the red skull, with, uh, basically Gene Simmons at that point. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Anyway, Ginger, you had some sharktopus facts, and do you know what? I've, I've obviously Googled this film and I'm sick of looking at Steve Rogers' ears. So please, <laughs> can you just learn about a disgusting creature with tentacles and more teeth than sense? So, in the Did You Know section of the IMDb page of Sharktopus, it says soundtracks, <clears throat> Sharktopus, theme song, uncredited, performed by the Cheetah Whores. The cheetah whores. And I am so astounded and confused. They've had music in three movies. (laughs) You know what the problem with the 
cheetah horses. Oh god. They might come too quickly. Oh my god. <laughs> Get out of here with that. God damn it. <laughs> no, I was disappointed. I was disappointed with myself before I finished the sentence. <laughs> they they did a song for Sharktopus. They did a shong, song for Wrong Turn 4 and Wrong Turn 5. <laughs> There were more wrong turns than the first one? <laughs> yes! Oh, I'm really... Like, if you said, if you said like, hey, wrong turn got some sequels, how many do you think? I would have said, like, three, right? I, that it got to five is... Wait, that's... How many of them? Oh, 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 no, 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 no. You... You are going to... Uh, be shocked. Holy crap. Wrong turn. Wrong turn two, dead end. Wrong turn three, left for dead. Wrong turn four, bloody beginnings. Wrong turn five, bloodlines. Wrong turn six, last resort. And then there's a reboot coming out in 2021. Wrong turn. Yep. <laughs> um, I can't believe there's all these wrong turn films. Wrong turn four has the cheetah whores uh, delivering the theme song. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously impressed the producers they're like well it's a bit of a thing now we'll get Cheetah Whores back in for wrong turn 5 <laughs> wrong turn 6 didn't get the call back no yeah. well there was a change so there was a change in directors and screenwriters and producers so what you're saying the, cheetah, the guitar player from the Cheetah Whores dad left the production <laughs> <laughs> so hold on I may have to find some people who want to watch the Wrong Turn franchise here. <laughs> this is an official call out. Who wants to watch the Wrong Turn franchise? Who wants to watch the um, the American horror film series by Alan B. McElroy, Wrong Turn? And with McElroy, that's a name you can trust. Yeah. The B stands for B+. Plus. <laughs> so, and I guess we're not going to watch Wrong Turn twenty twenty. Like, we'll watch that like twenty twenty one afterwards. Oh no, it's already been released. It's a reboot. It, it is um, yes, not part of the same canon. Fair. What I will say is, it's the same screenwriter. He just rewrote his first movie. That's there's some balls on that, right? Same. One of the producers is the same from the first and the reboot. Different director, same screenwriter. Oh. That's a new podcast. Yeah. <laughs> wrong film. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just saying, hey guys, this is the Wrong Turn podcast. Today we're going to be looking at 2014's Wrong Turn 6. Last <laughs> <Less> Resort! <laughs> Wrong turn six. This is ridiculous. And see, and I have like apparently the, it's the bad one. Oh, that's the bad one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I probably have a wrong turn DVD sitting on that shelf in those three and a half shelves of <laughs> of uh, movies I never even think about. My favorite stat, though, according to Wikipedia, all seven of these films 
the runtime is 545 minutes and total box office gross for three of the films was $50 million. Dang. Like, I'll take a, a, a hundredth of that. I'll, I'll take $500,000. Somebody want to give me $500,000? <laughs> like, Jesus. I'm looking at the uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores of each of the films. Yeah. So, wrong um, term one got a, a, a shoddy 40%. Then somehow, wrong turn two, dead end, gets 70 Yeah, wrong turn two seems to be, like, regarded as the peak of the series. And considering there's six movies to go through, that's... Uh... Wrong turn five and six are not have not got Rotten Tomatoes scores. Oh, and neither does Wrong Turn 5. So they just gave up. But then uh, the reboot is up back up to a 64, so it's looking like the series has never been healthier. Yeah. I mean, and there's some names that are recognizable in the cast and crew, but... Hmm. Uh, I pull up... This has officially become <laughs> the more niche than I could have ever imagined. <laughs> uh, we, we just, like, went off into a, into a, like, bile duct there, didn't we? We did. I, I, th- I feel like I've taken, I've taken the wrong turn. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken the wrong yeah. the, film, the film's about me. We've all taken a wrong turn together, and this is the beauty of uh, long-form conversation and podcasting, is that we took the audience with us. Mm-hmm. Um... I implore everyone to watch wrong. I've never seen it. Mm. I um, I feel like I did a long time ago, but <sighs> since we're here and this is being recorded, do you guys want to go on a fucking journey with me, real quick? <laughs> Always. Absolutely. All right. So, there's the things I've gotten into recently because I'm I'm working on a a, a thing. Um, that I hope I hope to publish. It's a very short, uh, short form and uh, minimalist role playing game, and it's based around this genre of fiction that I've become very in love with recently, called the New Weird. Mm. So, also, I'm now not going to talk about that project at all because I'm not talking about it at all until it's done, <laughs> um, other than like the basic pitch of it. Um, but let me talk about New Weird. And we're going to go... This this podcast is going to become new uh, New Weird Podcast for an episode because I'm going to take us off into the weeds if you're if you're all ready for that. Sign me up. You know I'm, right. I'm good for it. You folks and listeners, go ahead and get Google fired up because we're going on a voyage. Oh, shit, I'm so, already at four. Let's, let's go. <laughs> all right. So, um, are you familiar with the term weird fiction? Mm. Yes. Uh, like the stuff by like Lovecraft and Dale Loth and uh, mm-hmm. it's written in like the twenties and thirties. Yes. I I chaired a a conference at work about weird fiction. Cool. Excellent. Recently, yeah. So, what is the primary like plot thread of weird fiction? So, it's it's a, like a sci-fi spin-off, and it kind of. It reinterprets the kind of 
tropes of like horror in new ways. Um, a lot of monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and they kind of. I'm trying to. I'm, <laughs> the thing is, I'm trying to say it in as few words as possible. <laughs> it, it's it's 20th century, and kind of well early 20th century, and is kind of an off an offshoot of uh, gothic literature horror. Uh, lots of monsters, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Supernatural. Uh, it's very supernatural. Yeah. the The general read on it is um, person, usually man, because uh, 1920s, um, finds out secret about universe, delves deeper into secret to disprove it or find out what it's all about, realizes that the that um, the human race is completely non-exceptional and actually really small, um, finds some horrible revelation about the universe, i.e. that gods really exist and that they're terrifying and indifferent to humanity, and then they go crazy. And end up locked into a men's institution. Um... And there's all sorts of, like, reads you can take on, like, whether it's a, a reaction to uh, the idea of um, a kind of disillusionment to American exceptionalism, exceptionalism or uh, the idea that, um, like, science had started kicking off at that time and we were going to discover some things about the universe that perhaps absolutely fundamentally changed our perspective on it. Bits and pieces like that. What new weird is, is it's like, we discover something like this, and we kind of have to find a way to live around it. We discover something unexplainable, and it's either used to turn a profit, um, or like... There's five or six people who know about it and have to keep it hidden in a world where the internet exists. Right, right. Um, and it's like this thing, it, the the things that is is usually completely unexplainable, um, actively resists being explained, gives us a glimpse into a larger, darker universe, and people are kind of just unsettled but okay with it. And like have to sort of live around it. Um, a really good example of New Weird is like um So like, is it like Vandermeer? Like, uh, you know, Jan Vandermeer? I'm gonna show my ignorance here, I don't know who that is. Oh, he's, he's just a writer. Forget about it. I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, Vandermeer deals with uh, exactly what you're kind of that, sorry, no, yeah, that, sorry, yeah, Van, he's the guy who coined the term weird fiction. I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, well, the the new or weird the term, new weird, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jan Vandermeer is the is the guy who coined that phrase, and yeah, the his book, New Weird, is kind of the center point of it. But like the the fun stuff that I've been looking into is stuff like the SCP Foundation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you guys have heard about the SCP Foundation? I've heard of the SCP Foundation. I've 
not delved into it because I know uh, I know a little bit about certain things that involve SCP, but I don't know a lot about uh, I don't know a lot about it, and I'm scared to dive too deep into it and get stuck. Uh, I'm going to be your guide here for the. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's, the, it's like the secret society that basically uh, hides like kind of strange goings on and supernatural things from the public. Mm. Kind of. Um, they the SCP Foundation stands for Secure, Contain, Protect. They are um, they're about finding anomalies, and anomalies can can be anything from like uh, it's a spoon that ne- that is always empty when you bring it to your mouth, to um, one day the sun will turn every will turn all human beings into liquid and they'll melt together and be a horrible, terrifying. Superorganism. So basically, they're in charge of my wage slips, <laughs> more or less. Uh, the the famous one and the the original one, and I'm I'm linking all of this in um, guest questions. Okay. Because I didn't have a better place to put it. Um, is SCP one seven three? Oh. And um, all of the. All of it is kind of formatted this way, where it talk, it's like talks about the item, the object class, um, which I won't go into because that's a whole rabbit hole of its own. Um, special containment procedures, um, like here is how we store it, description, what it is and what it does. Oh, oh I'm just reading it and ugh. Yeah. Entered uh, the door. The picture's fantastic. Oh my god! Just the the procedures, like this. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. The captain's yeah. Two persons. So weirdly enough, like everyone's like, oh, this is this is the same thing as the um, the the angels from. Doctor Who, and it's like, yes, weirdly enough. Um, so the script for the Doctor Who episode was written before this was created. Uh huh. But um, the actual episode didn't air until after it was created. Oh. So it, uh, they were created completely independently by two different people. That's wow. that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like, here is a, here is a thing. It's absolutely fucked up. We keep it in this box. And the reason why we can't just lock it in there and do nothing about it is because sometimes it doesn't want to be in the box anymore. And we have to send people in there to clean it out and uh, keep an eye on it. Uh-huh. Uh. Oh my god. I, the uh, first link, I'm just scrolling endlessly. Oh my god. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot. It only went to a thousand when I uh when I first heard about it. It now goes to like five thousand or something. Jesus. Um, I think one of my uh, I think my favorite one here is where 
is it? Huh. Uh, 092. 092. The Shy Guy. What? Oh, nope. That's not... The Shy Guy is uh, 096. 096, sorry. 096. Shy Guy. All times weekly checks for cracks or holes are mandatory. No video surveillance or optical tools. Pre-installed pressure sensors and laser detectors. Jesus. So, humanoid creature measuring approximately 2.38 meters in height. Subject shows very little muscle mass. Suggesting mal malnutrition. Arms are grossly out of proportion with the rest of its body. Approximate length of 1.5 meters each. Its jaw can open up to four times the norm of an average human. Other facial features remain similar to average human with the exception of the eyes, which are also devoid of pigmentation. It's normally extremely docile, with pressure sensors inside its cell indicating it spends most of the day pacing by the eastern wall. When someone views its face, whether directly, via video recording, or even a photograph, it enters a state of considerable emotional distress. It covers its face and its hands begin screaming. Approximately once two minutes after the first viewing, it runs to the person who viewed its face. Documented huh. speeds have varied from 35 kilometers an hour to redacted, and it seems to depend on the distance. No known material or method can impede its progress. The actual position of 0961 does not seem to affect its response. So the, uh, the rest of it is kind of told through an audio log. And it's like somebody happened to glance at a, a picture they'd taken while on vacation that had like five pixels of this thing's face in it. Oh. And it sprinted across the country and killed them. What? Uh. And as it was sprinting across the country, a bunch of people saw it. Jesus. And so it killed them too. Oh. And so, like, they're like, we need to get this thing, we need to kill this thing, it needs to die, because if this happens again, and somebody sees it, and it ends up on the news, it's going to be a mass casualty event. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, most of the time it's containment it's just walking up behind it putting a bag over its head and then leading it by the hand back to its enclosure because it's completely docile otherwise <laughs> but um, it removes it kills them in a way that leaves no, tra no, no trace at all and then it just sits down regains composure and becomes docile and then just tries to go back to where it originally lived from and generally a foundation member is just like Come on now, let me put this bag on your head. Let's go. My God. Um, hey, let me put this bag on your head. Good SCP-096. Yeah. <laughs> pet, pet, it pet. amazing that my ex has a Wikipedia page. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Yeah, I'll I'll spend like hours on here clicking like random SCP and going somewhere. Okay, so that's the first kind of interesting thing I wanted to wanted to show you guys. So you you say you're kind of creating in this vein at the moment. Very similar to this, yes. Yeah, that's really interesting. So what form do you plan on that taking? It's a role playing game. That's class. And 
not going to say anything else about it um, because I'm worried that if I talk about it, I won't actually do it. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to the next, the next cool thing. <laughs> I love that we're just being like handheld through this. Uh, so this is the Mystery Flesh Pit National Park. Uh... You have my attention. Once upon a time in West Texas, a bunch of people found what they described as a uh, a cave made of meat. <sighs> and after going deeper through it, they're like, oh, this thing is absolutely massive. This thing is unbelievably huge, in fact. Um, and they were like, well, there's a lot of really interesting and useful things that we can make from it, because it's like some of its parts are um useful in I don't know like manufacturing uh, medicine things like that like there's a it's it's kind of um, lymphatic fluid which is referred to as like ballast is um, like has regenerative effects on on human tissue and things like that and was like actually able to like cure Alzheimer's and things so they they like mined it and also opened it as a national park Hmm. And then in 2007, a thing happened. <laughs> I can hear the air quotes. Um, and they had to shut it down as a national park, and it's now the Permian Basin Recovery and Superorganism Containment, containment um, Zone. As I've scrolled down pretty far, and I've seen some interesting... I saw something about that, but I've seen some interesting looking things. Yeah. Um, I usually like, wait for at least the third podcast to allow people to look into my meat cave. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like it's it's basically like this Tumblr page that I've linked is basically like a collection of, of um, artifacts from the place like documents and things. Where like it, uh, yeah, this is really interesting. Yeah, it is really cool. Uh, one of my favorite um, things in here is where is it? I, I scrolled towards the bottom. Winter activities in mystery in mystery flesh pit national park, mm. and it's just a flyer, and it. It's blue, and there's just a hole drawn, and some snowflakes, and it's just very, like, 60s. Yeah, the, um, there's, like, a, a whole map of the, the map's trails for the Mystery Flesh Pit. That's, it's oh, I see super it. super interesting. This is And then wild. there's an entire, um, like, an entire incident report about exactly what happened in 2007. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, turns out this thing is, A, much larger than anyone thought, and B, uh, there's, like, a whole industry 
now devoted to just pumping this thing full of Ambien so it doesn't wake up. I mean... Like, one of the, one of the other, like, minor artifacts is uh, a report on the... Like, it's just the front page of this. Report on the ineffective potential of nuclear deterrence as a defense against the Permian Basin superorganism. Which is like... So, it's a cover of DOE reports about an intensive investigation into the feasibility of using nuclear weapons to kill it. And the conclusion being, no, we can't. That won't work. <laughs> yeah, it'd just be nicely charred. Yeah, so if it wakes up, the world's kind of doomed. Basically, they found Cthulhu in West Texas. <laughs> um, opened up a, a national park in it, and then closed it when it coughed and killed a few thousand people. Oh my god. Yeah, so it's it's interesting that you say that because it really is a, uh, you know, this is the next logical step for weird fiction. Yeah. So it's I think it's really cool. I need to look into this. I love this. And this um, is so cool. Uh, you know, you know, it's funny the conference I was talking about. You know, a load of academics in a room talking about books that are like a hundred years old at this point. No one bringing this up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why, why aren't we talking about stuff like this more? Like, really good, weird fiction. And then uh, there's a couple of series on YouTube, one of it done by the uh, an animator called Chris Straub, um, which is like analog horror. It definitely follows in the footsteps of that early 20th century. That, Doesn't it, that, though? That kind of feeling of, you know, you've got like a... A sore on your leg and you can't help but keep like scratching it or something and it just leaves you yeah that's that's always been my my big thing about weird fiction is um it's i get it like i actually understand how it works which is yeah. not what i can say for like a lot of other things like like we all have like a an instinctive understanding of a lot of things but like mm -hmm. that there, there are like there are two types of, of horror. There is horror, which yeah. is the yeah. uh, the cat jumping out from behind the scene. It's the, the jump scare, the, yeah. the thing that repels us. Yeah. And uh, um, or sorry, the rather terror. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the thing that repels us is terror, not horror. Like horror is the thing that makes you want to know more. It is it. Horror creeps and uh, terror jumps. Yeah, it is that little itch inside the brain. It's like your caveman brain saying that you know something is dangerous, but you need to know why it's dangerous so that you can tell the rest of the tribe how to avoid it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, do, do you know someone that I think is really good at horror? Like in the traditional sense that you're discussing there. Because, I don't, you know, as an aside, I don't think many people know that distinction. Yeah. Necessarily. Uh, but someone I think is good at traditional horror... Uh, these days is Junji Ito. Junji Ito is fantastic at it. Yeah, yeah like to the point where I can't watch Junji Ito stuff because it absolutely, absolutely shits me up for like a day or two. Like just in terms of creating a sense of unease and that kind of. Uh, it's I've only like, exploring the unfamiliar. Mm. 
there, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's a, a YouTube video that's been floating around, but it's been around for a while. Um, Markiplier watched it recently on, on his channel. And it is very, um, PT and where it's just a cycle. It's a cycle. It's the same loop over and over again, but things are changing and they're getting creepier and creepier and more and more unsettling. And it's, it's like the, my favorite kind of horror because it gets to me the most is the uncanny Valley area where it's like, no, this is believable, but is it really? Yeah. That's, that's not a person. Right. And it's, that's what gets me the most because you can throw zombies and vampires and, and creatures and, and things that, you know, in theory, if they were truly real, they'd be tangible. <clears throat> Something you could touch, you could feel. Whereas the uncanny valley just leaves you in that state of, but is it really? And I struggle with that so much for so many reasons, but like a lot of people describe their dreams being in the uncanny Valley and it's like, yes. Oh my God. Yes. <sighs> and so when horror can do that for me, like this just did like, Oh, like I haven't been that scared at something in a long time. Like been like, it felt that dread and unease that truly scares me. So it's weird you should mention the Uncanny Valley because there's a lot of autonomic responses that human beings have to, like, fearful stimuli. Mm -hmm. Like, a, a sound below a certain number of hertz will trigger a dread reaction in us because it's the same frequency as, like, uh, a distant earthquake or a large storm or, like, a, a predator. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other things as well, like really, like we instinctively recognize that um, certain color patterns are dangerous. Mm -hmm. Like red and uh, sorry, like uh, yellow and black stripes, we in, we we instinctively recognize, and a lot of other animals do that. That's dangerous. So, what happened in humanity's past that made us uh, fear something that looks almost like us? I wonder if it's it getting kind of philosophical for a second. I wonder if it has to do with us evolving. Because but, it, um, the like it's used as kind of an explanation as to why vampires could be real. Mm -hmm. Because like, well, they look human, but they're extremely dangerous, and there's like little cues that they're not quite human enough. What it actually is, and I'm going to destroy a bunch of conspiracy theories here, sorry, <laughs> is that um, it's just we uh, are kind of deep ancestors of one of a lot of different very successful apes that looks very much the same. So we have a revulsion to apes that aren't like us because a chimp like the, you know, Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal and whatever else that we were knocking about with would absolutely kill and eat us. But they mm. look very much like us as primates, so... Hmm. Yeah, so it's it's really not... It's still interesting, but it's not like 
Yeah, sorry, mimics and skinwalkers don't actually exist. Yeah, and uh, if you know, uh, sorry, uh, everyone's about to tune out of the podcast, but the, <laughs> the the classic Freudian analysis, the uncanny, because he is the one that uh, kind of coins the term, mm. so to speak, um, is basically just um, we are left, or, or so he says, uh, that we're left in a space where we can't feel we feel discomfort because we can't distinguish bad from good when yeah. we can't distinguish bad from good when things so familiar yet made strange yeah shit's weird like um one of my other real fa- like the reason why I liked using this in games is because that sort of creeping dread that like you know, the third kind of horror, as far as I'm concerned, that the dread, right? The the feel that something is about to happen and it's the the suspense of everything kind of hanging in the balance is created when it's not about something that might happen, it's about something that you might do to make it happen. Mm-hmm. When yeah. you question your every action. Um like I do this, uh, players in my in my um, kind of horror theme games. Like currently, I'm running the Alien RPG. For some people, will recognize this a lot that I do this, where it's just like I'm going to put you in a situation, and you have to figure out like what actions are actually safe here. Like uh, the yeah. idea that. Um, the idea that if you open this door, there could be a bomb on the other side. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, and and the kind of suspense of knowing that they could make a wrong move. Yeah. It's or that, be... um, you know, you'll you'll like see the story like, oh yeah, a lot of people have gone missing and been turned up in pieces, um, and the last, the last thing that anyone sees them doing is talking to a kid in a red overcoat. And mm. then, like, the characters will be just doing something and suddenly a kid in a red overcoat will tug on their sleeve and be like, hey, can you help me find my mum? Yeah. And it's uh, just like, oh, fuck! Yeah. And, you know, it's oh. it's funny because that kind of stuff comes up in, at least for me, in everyday life. Like, I I've always had kind of this very fantastical mind and and view of the world not that i live in a fantasy but i mean i could hey um but (laughs) but like every every time i would knock on someone's door at my job it was the am i going to know this person it, Am I going to die? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I have a very, I guess I would, you could say that I have a very morbid outlook on things or very morbid, you know, sense of thought and self and view of the world. But I also have a very kind of fun, fun, fanciful look too. And 
I think that's why I absorb so many different kinds of media. Because, like, my B-rate horror movies, and then my chick flicks and rom-coms, and my musicals, and my comic book movies, it's, it's all over the place. And it's, it's just kind of interesting to see how all that stuff changes. I mean, look at the games I play. Mm. Like, we're, we're doing Friday Night Crimes, and not every game has to do with us committing crimes. Or being involved in crimes, but there are crimes involved. Yeah. And... I mean, to be fair, we've only done one, one a bit game so far. Shh. At it's time fine. Of this recording. It's fine. Shh. It's fine. <laughs> but I mean, we've talked about different games, and they, you know, they all have that that common thread of of crime. But one of them was, you know, the one we just completed was very fun and lighthearted until the the climax. Until like the midpoint, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of where. Uh, things are you look at that game and then you look at like dumb clicker games or minecraft or you know <clears throat> i i've got but i also have you know amnesia fnaf but i also have house flipper like it's it's just It, there's a, a funny correlation between the types of media that people consume and enjoy versus, and like what they turn around and put out. Mm. I, I will say that because you do play a lot of very existential games on sh Before we uh, move on to um, like talking about the podcast, would you guys like a palate cleanser to kind of bring you back to reality? Take me back. Yes. Okay. So let's all let's let's all make fun of this awful thing that me and Druid definitely shared in our childhood. Oh my goodness. Hey. Oh. Um, so Druid. Um. So, do, do you remember? When we would, when you would be in primary school, and the teacher would roll the videotape in and be like, "Today we're going to watch some words and pictures." Well, vaguely, I was one when this came out. Oh, don't worry, because I was three when this came out, and they were playing it like in school. Uh, oh, I recognise. I recognise her. Yeah. Oh, you. I haven't even thought about this for years. Don't worry. We'll uh, we'll get there. You ready? We used to watch this thing called Through the Dragon's Eye. Did you ever see that? Yes. Yeah, we watched Through the Dragon's Eye. I used to think that was the greatest thing. Uh, actually, where I learned what the meaning of the word quagmire is, there's a fact for you. Uh. uh. Which, by the way, if you look at pictures of Through the Dragon's Eye, <laughs> fucking terrifying. And I promise you that this is not me being cute with some uh, <laughs> additional horror. This is creepy just, shit. Just silly. Yeah, this is just silly. He's actually trying to teach us a lesson about the letter A. <laughs> <laughs> and fish fingers, but we'll get to that. 
Oh my goodness. Do, you ha- do, do they have fish fingers in the States? They, they call them fish sticks. Yeah. It's weird. Oh, losers. They're not the same. Listen, alright, we all can't be perfect, okay? Alright, you ready, ready when you guys are? Well, yeah. Count us in. Cool. Alright, so it'll be three, two, one, go. You guys go when I say go, okay? Okay. Three, two, one, go. Add pictures. This the song is like memories that I didn't know it was going to. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! You know, like the TV rolling into the classroom with the uh, straps on the side. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. And the milk's in the fridge. Right there. Oh, wow. I've got British kids lying about. Again, it's just about fucking tea. Right? Apple. Do you, do you know what letter apple starts with? <laughs> wow. Here's a girl in really chic jeans. <laughs> As someone who's been working on producing content for children, I I love and hate this at the same time. <laughs> wow, it's ants. It's I'm good. ants. It's Adsy W. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare fuel. Ankra. Ankra. Animals. Horses, cows. Avida. Apples again. <laughs> Yay! It's the letter A. Grapes. Grapes. Oh my god, why is this so educational? How many young children need to learn how to pickle onions? <laughs> bigger! Oh, fucking bigger peas! Yeah, bachelor's peas! Oh yeah, it's like being—it's like—it's like a child with ADD explaining the world to you. By oh the way, my this, god! This oh look, there's um. There's we've, got from... we've got Phil Collins on a trawler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this makes me feel so weird about so many how things. Do we make, how do we make sure the fish fingers have fresh fish in them? Uh, Spoiler alert, we don't! Here we are in Croyd in uh, the the middle of summer. There's the one from the Mighty Boosh that isn't Noel filled in. (laughs) Nobody knows his name! (laughs) Howard TJ Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm actually into jazz. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I'm gutting a fish now, but I'm actually into jazz on the weekends. Oh, I love the little subtle, like, twist of his hand to try to hide the hand tattoo. <laughs> I couldn't get a real job. Not in 1993 <laughs> with this hand tattoo. <laughs> right. These days, I'm a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the fish brick. Oh. Mm. How do we make sure the fish is fresh? We freeze we reconstitute it. it. We reconstitute it and put it into this fucking oblong. I wear makeup for my job. <laughs> <laughs> I've got slap on, I've got earplugs, and I'm ready to go. I love that this entire video is about that the letter A. It's oh, I, lo I love it, I do. And then I go home and I have a brew and I talk to my husband. <laughs> Look at that. Then we're... Oh, God. What's this like? The music. The music. Oh my god. The bass players have an absolute wild of a time on <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> boom, boom. Let's throw a little something on this. Let's get those fish fingers really moving. Uh, into the, into the, uh, and they're off. It's fish finger on the left, followed by fish finger, fish finger on the right, and fish finger. And Janice has got the gloves on and they're packing them into straight lines and fish finger with a photo finish with fish finger. <laughs> and that's the fish finger motorway. Where the, <laughs> that's where all the fish fingers get in their cars and deliver themselves to your plate. Blown off the conveyor. Blown off the conveyor. Look at this. Ah. Oh, of, course, of course, it's Captain Bird's eye. What the fuck else would it be? <laughs> This has got like super regional within like seconds. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> hasn't it? Though? Yeah, yeah, like, oh, mighty boosh, oh, uh, Captain Bird. That's all. Remember words and pictures? <laughs> yeah. And on this this episode of words and pictures about the letter A, we're gonna learn about fish fingers, <laughs> <laughs> which makes no sense. <laughs> we have to get our sponsorship from Birdseye in from BBC Two. Yeah, yeah. That's, do you see how they like uh, just like covered the bird's eye name like yeah. ever so subtly, but you could still see the captain. Oh yeah, now we get some propaganda. Uh. <laughs> oh, they propagandized propagandized you guys too at a very young age. <laughs> yeah. Wow, the worker ants get lots of lady ants. <laughs> the more grain the worker ant gets. The more he gets to play with his toys and eat loads of Captain Birdseye's fish fingers. <laughs> wow, they're doing really well listening to the Queen. Okay, Derek, we need you to sing. We need you to be a grasshopper singing. <laughs> it's the role I was born to play. <laughs> hey, aren't you in Hopper's Gang? <laughs> Literally the same plot. Oh my god. This is him laughing. for our supper in the winter. You know, 
you wonder why we uh, people view us the way that they do, Adza. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh. starting to think this isn't a true story. Day long. If you work all day long, then the grasshoppers won't eat your grain. Oh my god. Always work. Work, consume, die. That is your role as a British worker. Oh, fuck. And if you could fuck in the middle and make some new workers, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> have some oversized sexual imagery. Let's have some overwrought sexual imagery with your breakfast cereal. <laughs> or your dad looks at page three. Yeah. Oh, Lucy Pinder's really worried about climate change. Are you a pedo? Are you a pedo? Page three, have a look at her tits. Are you a pedo? Are you a pedo? <laughs> oh god, this is so this is so British. Oh my god. We're like the only British people that have anything to do with this podcast, I reckon that's it. That's alright. This is gonna be the this is gonna be the um the token episode for Yeah, yeah. This is like a bit this is grandma's hard boiled sweet for all those soft yanks out there. <laughs> whoa, whoa. I feel attacked. Christ. <laughs> no, I don't mean it. I know. I'm sorry. I'm fucking with you. I'm just an ant trying to get grain into the hidey holes so of the grasshopper doesn't fucking <laughs> cut my dick off. <laughs> See, the grasshopper is the immigrant children. Oof. Yeah. No. <laughs> Remember, children, if you don't work, you're a menace to society. And that's when the ants decided to close the borders. <laughs> Remember, if like immigrants or the homeless, you can neither produce nor consume, you're pointless to our society. You're basically homeless. I do have a store collecting disability off the DWP. Why? This Christ. <laughs> the ant laughter. <laughs> the fuck is that sound? Oh, dancing wheels are about. Jesus. Oh my god. The animation department really have a lot to answer for there. A right? <laughs> 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 oh, they didn't edit that very well. Six <laughs> script, Alan. Here's some more ants. Yes, and this is done by a completely different artist. We it's all the... out of Talkback's Tame Studio. We sacked the last one after that grasshopper <laughs> animation. <laughs> Looks like he's not going to have any grain this winter. <laughs> I'm Flick, the inventor ant. <laughs> Man, Flick's getting ready to put a homie on a milk carton. Physics. I guess this is the wrong episodes of episode of word and words and pictures to talk about physics. My apologies. 
Yeah, yeah, you should see. They get into relativity later on in the series. <laughs> so what age group is this for? Oh, God. No, no, this is the bit. I remember this. This is the bit that's really stirring. Down. Like, yeah, fuck it up, magic pencil. Oh, my God. Yeah! Yes! Fuck yes! Like, as kids, we'd be like, fucking mad! <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, you're playing along with him. Yeah. Mutual masturbation with the magic pencil. Yeah. <laughs> Double Dutch rudder with the magic pencil. <laughs> like, oh, can we try Q next time? Oh. <clears throat> you kinky bastard. What is that clown doing in the background? I don't know. That's the executive producer. <laughs> Makes too much sense. Oh, oh, we got a song. Mm-hmm. Bl Helen, blink twice if you're okay. Nope. Yeah, yeah, she's got... <laughs> oh my god, she does not blink this entire shot. Okay, there was one. <laughs> Holy shit. This whole performance shit. is really showcasing that she is one of the ants in her own fucking microcosmic hell. Yeah. All right, now Helen, we want to, we want you to dance around like you've got rickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh, we got a remix on that one. Oh shit. Yeah, bit of a stretch with the lyrics. Yeah. I don't know. Are they just cold? I don't know. Bye, bitch. Oh, Sophie. Her name is Sophie, not Helen. Oh, I assumed it was Helen. Sorry, you can't be called Sophie anymore, Helen. Yeah. <laughs> Film camera. Tommy Simpson. Assistant floor manager. Does he really need an assistant floor manager? Je Man. Jeffrey Thonger. <laughs> John Billingham, like, film editor. John I like how we just we just like reading the credits like, you know, <laughs> like it's like a football team coming out onto the stadium. Series oh. producer Claire Elstow. Claire Elstow put her name on this. Oh Musical guest, some broad named Helen, or is it really? Yeah. I don't. Well, there you go. We got we got the words and pictures out. Uh, I I really felt something when I saw the magic pencil. That really like like that was so vivid. I could just see that in my classroom. I I am just absolutely floored. You guys know. Of, you know, like, the things that I <clears throat> was exposed to as a child. Like, Bill Nye the Science Guy and and stuff like that. Right? You guys yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, I never remember anything like that in school. Like. Yeah. You missing that? I'm, I'm going to have an existential crisis. And we're back. <laughs> uh, the, the 
description. The description. There are ants in the attic. Yeah, in fact, like... Okay, here's the description of the video we just watched. There were ants in the attic next to the apple and the abacus, and other things begin with the letter A, sometimes. Then Sophie talks mm -hmm. a thing or two about keeping food fresh, how fish fingers are made from giant slabs of fish by bird's eye, and then told us a morally amb ambiguous story about the grasshopper and the ants. And then we ended on a song with a musical backing for the ants go marching in being the tune of When Johnny Comes Marching Home with some quite blatant bum notes. <laughs> uh, Simon right, Powell. Yeah. <laughs> it's a note from me. <laughs> it's a no from me. It's a no from me. God, if there's uh, anybody in the world that needs to, like, magically do a flip and disappear in their own arsehole. <laughs> he's basically not real anyway, no. His cheeks are made of fucking cushions. Oh, God, I... I need to monetize my cheekbones. This is where the money's at, guys, okay? Right here in the cheeks. Uh, it helps if I spell his name correct. Correctly, words are hard. Shut up. Everything is fine. It has not been a long day. The thing about Simon Cowell's persona is that he acts like he's above everything to like such a level, and then he goes like, he just puts up with like Nick Cannon just going, "Hey, <laughs> we know you're an asshole, Simon." Right. Like, and like Howie Mandel, like, why don't you be quiet and walk in the corner, Simon? I wonder what kind of I wonder what kind of mad imposter syndrome he lives with. Oh God. That, I suppose the cocaine helps. It probably. I'll take your fucking bullets, man. The So just Google images of Simon Cowell. You see pictures of Simon over the years, but the more recent ones. <sighs> buddy. If you're gonna put that much filler in your cheeks, you need to get the skin around your cheeks done because, oh, buddy, I'm so sorry for you. You've not aged gracefully. Hi, welcome to TLC, and next up is Botched with Ginger Snaps. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, I'm a read a bitch. If if I need, because you know that man would read me for everything. I am worth. Yeah, exactly. And this is the thing, though. He's just, like, a ridiculous, like, half person. Yeah. And Simon, if you're listening, and I, I know you are. Uh, he's got a Google he's got a Google that set up whenever someone mentions his name. It's like, irrelevant! Yeah, it's just, like, like in, the, in the cow cave. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, oh, bloody hell. Is that the next pop sensation? Oh no! <laughs> it's a it's a low level podcast mentioning my name. I'm going to sue them. Right. The fighter Simon will meet you in the ring. If I could frown now, I would. The the picture I just sent in the Discord. Uh, just that photo alone makes me so concerned. It Dude, makes you fucking buttons up, mate. Uh, like, uh, I, I am so concerned for his health and well-being. He's had, he's had some chin restructuring and ears and ear work done as well. Uh huh. His, his face looks like a caricature of itself. Yeah. Anyway, we don't need to give the, we don't need to give him any more, any more uh, relevance. Oh my god. Yeah. So Louis Walsh. 
Louis Walsh? You don't know Louis Walsh? I don't know who the fuck that is. No, I don't know Louis Walsh. I've never heard of he's, Louis Walsh. I definitely didn't spend my entire life being exposed to Louis Walsh against my wills. Uh, fuck is you know, Louis the X Walsh? Factor, he's on it with Simon. He's the he's the novel. Fuck Louis. Oh. Okay. Fuck Piers as well. Oh fuck Piers, man. Fuck you all guys of know. Them. You guys know about Piers Morgan, don't you? Uh, yeah. Who the fuck? Jesus Christ. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm googling because this is the theme for me right now. Is googling. I was like, oh yeah, that won't happen a whole lot this episode. It seems to happen every six seconds this episode. Oh, um, it. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna talk about like the the themes of my podcast. My, my yeah, yeah. As well. <laughs> Thank you for like bringing us back into being That's... actual hosts. Yeah. Oh my god! So, oh, yeah. Uh, Adzi, what do you do again? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So now we've now we've had our, our diversions into into the new weird and little bit of uh, Simon Cow's face. Um, and whoever yeah, the fuck I, Louis yeah, Walsh is. Well, thank you for uh, making making an audio format so visual. <laughs> I'm gonna have a great time editing this. Um, I'm so I, sorry. No. Well, well, I'm just thinking the episode uh, Avatar can be Simon Cowell uh, <laughs> with spider legs. So, uh, <laughs> taking a tour through the mystery flesh pit. Yeah, because he's actually, he, you know, Simon Cowell with spider legs, he's actually the foreman from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> so, Wait, Where's switch. the picture? Hang on. We're going to have to... See, Kate. Cut this. The picture for the podcast is going to be this image. I haven't closed Google just With because Simon I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the meat. You know, when you find out that the meat tunnel is just offcuts from Simon Cowell's face. <laughs> 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 and a lawsuit. Yeah. Anyway, I'll take the heat. I'll get. Uh, I don't know. I'll get the guy that defended H three H three or something. Uh, in our opinion, allegedly, there I think we're covered. Yes, alleged. Yeah, allegedly. Fair no, use, uh, fair use disclaimer in American court. Uh, uh hey, John Madden. Um, <laughs> so, the the kind of general theme of my of my stream is, um, the the kind of prime rule for what can and can't be shown is that. If clicking on heads or in some way uh, removing names from the census is central to the gameplay, it doesn't get on there. And I found that that simple rule eliminates a lot of things. Like, RimWorld gets, gets through because that's not what the game is about. But if the idea is that you, um, you, you kill to progress, then... Um, Sorry, I guess we've got to save it, save it up for YouTube. We have to unalive things to progress. Then, oh, um, we're not on YouTube. You can say it. Okay, cool. Uh, then it's it's not a game that gets on my on my stream. Not that there's like anything like those get like I'm not getting on my games are art hippie soapbox here and being like, well, first person shooters aren't real art. Um, it's just that those. Those games are kind of played by everyone else, and I wanted to, you know, make make that challenge. 
Also, I wanted to kind of fight back against the idea that I was just going to play the games that were popular, like Dead by Daylight. Hey, hey, that was once. <laughs> no, it was a, that was a, actually a running joke when I started. It was like, ah, oh, I'm going to have to, I've only got like two or three viewers for this super niche game. Maybe I'll have to become a real streamer and play Dead by Daylight. <laughs> um, so... Like, obviously, there are games that I really want to talk about that have a, like, a really interesting story, but the core gameplay is, is head-clicking or slashing or something like that. So it's like, well, this 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 doesn't qualify. Mm. So maybe at some point, like, I'll, I'll be like, and here is a game that is like that but not, and it'll end up as a... As a Sideshow, yeah. It you know it's funny you say that because I think about what I end up playing on stream and I'm like, oh, well, uh, yep, that I see a fair bit of that in my catalog. But like, there's nothing wrong with those games. It's just that I I wanted different content. That's mm -hmm. why you haven't seen my playthrough of Resident Evil Village. I played that on my own time. Yeah. And there's something to be said about gaming outside of your stream and gaming, having games that you prioritize for stream and then games that you play off stream. God, I have too many games that I'm like, okay, I can't play this one live because it's got to appear on stream. Mm -hmm. And I've just never played it. And it's been in there since June. Well, and I have things like Resident Evil... I have almost the entire Resident Evil franchise and I've put it as like a a goal for the stream and it's people were more excited for Five Nights at Freddy's than they were for Resident Evil. Mm. So it got Resident Evil 2 got swapped out for FNAF. And so it's it's definitely interesting. I know people will the the people who are there to see me as a streamer will come no matter what game I'm playing. But I take such such stock and value into what people who watch me want to see. I think that makes sense. This yeah. is why you're a successful streamer and I'm not. <laughs> but it's... Right? Like but it's so funny, everybody who says, you know, well, stream whatever you want. You don't have to play this. You don't have to play that. I'm like, yeah, but I don't, like, if I don't want to play a game, I'm not going to play the game. Like, that's just, that is how it is. I don't know how many games I've started and not finished because I would just fell out of it, wasn't into it, wasn't really feeling it. And now, I mean, I have... A fairly expansive game library for it being about a year old. And it's all over the map. But I don't... I don't know. It's it's goofy. It's weird. And I don't... I wouldn't say that you are an unsuccessful streamer. Because you have such a... A, a niche. Yeah, niche as fuck. Yeah, like... It's the... You're like a speedrunner who has only one view until you get on a leaderboard somewhere and people find out it was on Twitch and then they come and they they 
watch you do a speed run of a specific game or whatever it is. Like Speaking of, please check out my friend Ethostrider. He's a speedrunner who exclusively speedruns the Spire of the Dragon games. Ah, I love it. Um, I, find, I find streaming fascinating, like, because I'm the one here that doesn't do it. So, like, I have an appreciation for it, but, like, I don't game enough to stream. And I'm not good enough at gaming. Uh, so this is where I like to be. But, you know, I'm fascinated with the idea of how you choose what you're going to play. You know, and decide what's going to be worthwhile content. I think it seems like a bit of a balancing act, to be honest. Hmm. I think, Adzi, you probably put more emphasis and focus on it than I do. I mean, I really do. I've, I've got to... I've got to make... Um, like, I've, I've got to make my content enjoyable somehow. Are you saying my content's not enjoyable? No, I'm saying that your content is, is uh, easy for people to enjoy. I kind of have to like be like, okay, here's your vegetables, right? But um, your content's well, better than mine. Oh, well, no, but one thing I will say, I think that, like even in the choice of game, like I've been in your stream a couple of times now, and I think what you bring to the table is even in the game choice, there's a whole load of personality there. And it's kind of giving people the space to kind of react to your interests. And I think that in your stream, it's a real window into like what you're into and what you're about. And I think there's something to be celebrated there and like the uniqueness in that. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you. I was going to say, it's not that my content is better or more digestible or anything like that. It's really, it's, Comparing apples and oranges, yes, they're both fruit, but they're very different fruit. Mm. And whereas I am very chaotic and all over the place, and it's not a, a week in my streams if I haven't started to tear up or start to cry once or something like that. I'm very emotional in my streams because it oh this game's terrible oh I wish, I wish Adzi had chosen <laughs> <laughs> but it it also attests to because we have interests in some similar games and they tend to be games that you stream it's you know I mean playing Night in the Woods I knew where that game was going I knew and you you did as well. And for us to be able to come together at the very end and being like, okay, so I know that ended very heavy. We had a lot of fun. Let's have a conversation and then let's move on to something a little bit more fun and quirky. Yeah, let's move on to some weird... Yeah, and whereas on Monday nights I play Skyrim and <laughs> I, you know, like... I am a true blue variety streamer. The only thing that stayed consistent on my streams is I decided to play story-based games on Mondays. And that has stuck. Everything else has been like, 
oh, we're streaming on a Tuesday and a Thursday, and, and, and we're doing 12 hours on Saturday, and then I'm only going to stream two days next week. Like, I remember when you were streaming Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I remember that schedule. Hmm. Yeah, you've been around since the beginning. Yeah, I, you Which were... Is- trying to think were you in double digit followers whenever my my community and i just bombarded you with love (laughs) oh wait yeah i got into like 25 somehow yeah and then you got me the rest of the way to 50 i i didn't the community did yeah i so the joke is that for for those of you listening who who don't know the joke is that i'm stream mama because i have quote unquote made made affiliates and I haven't made anybody an affiliate I have nudged my community towards people to help on the path to affiliate and maybe help them find their new favorite streamer but I haven't done anything besides say hey check out this person I think they're pretty cool and we've just supported each other. When someone comes to me and says, Hey, I've got this friend who's starting to stream and they, you know, they don't have a lot going on or they need help or they, you know, they just don't have a lot of people watching. Can you, can you take a look? I'm like, sure. Let's let me grab me and the boys at 3am looking for beans. Let's go. Like, let's see what the stream is. And if it's not my vibe, it's not my vibe. Like, it doesn't... So, the joke is that I'm Stream Mama, and everybody who reached affiliate after me are my stream babies, like a drag family. And... You're just one of those people that I've become friends with, who, yeah, with some gentle nudging, I helped... I helped provide resources to get you to your goals. I didn't do it for you. You did the work, and people just took notice with a gentle nudge. You can't make, you can't make people stay. Right. Yeah. yeah. People keep staying, it's weird. Uh, right. Yeah, so, like, yeah, what, uh, credit to your content, really, that. Oh, I mean, and that's what it really is. Everybody, there's a lot of people that I know who are just like, no, I mean, you're the reason that this person is where they're at and this and that. I'm like, no, it was that person. They put in the work to make something entertaining. That even if someone only stuck around for 30 minutes, they stuck around for 30 minutes. You know, it's, there is an impo- importance to it. Excuse me, stranger, can I have some bits? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming. I've been given, I've been given very few bits, and I think most of them were you, right? <laughs> uh, yes. Sorry. Yes. Uh, take my fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got our first, very first hype train, and like after we were done, me and Katie like did a little happy dance. It was great. <laughs> Hearing. It was, it, it was absolute pleasure to help that train leave the station. Like, that was yeah. You're ready to go. Because I think you said even like, oh, that's my first bit. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. there it is, the first bit. Yeah. I have to frame yeah. it. Yeah, which I feel really bad about because I literally threw you like a crumb 
Yeah. Oh no, man. Every like, I get my um, I get my endorphins from just doing the thing. If people want to throw money yeah. at me, it's just like great. I'm gonna buy some crap with this. Like, I want to I want to be clear to everybody who's listening to the stream. With one notable exception, which we'll talk about later on, um, every penny that is spent on my stream that Amazon, uh, that uh, Twitch slash Amazon gives to me, is uh, spent on stupid crap for my own enjoyment. <laughs> so get the money in, folks. Yeah. So um, every time you every time you spend money on that stream, know that you've probably either uh, bought me some more 40k miniatures or just some crap off Amazon or just uh, maybe a big old juicy hamburger at some point. Yeah. It's, it's funny because we've, we've talked about some things, Adzi, and, and I never throw around or flaunt money numbers from from streaming because I, I feel like that's just a giant dick move now when I'm in utter shock of something happening and I'm like I need to tell somebody who's not gonna like be mad at me because of these numbers but can you look at this and and freak out with me for a minute yeah like I did that with KJ it was like one one uh one thing came in and I was like look look at this yeah you will enjoy this enough to throw money at me. Like, mm -hmm. if if every single subscriber I had stopped subscribing and everyone stopped doing bits, I would still do this. Yeah. Because um, my, like, this fortunately is not make or break for me. Like, if, um, if all of the revenue dries up from the stream, it really doesn't change my life any. Because yeah. I'm fortunate to work for a very large corporation that, that pays me an obscene amount of money. Like, um... So I don't need to worry too much about the stream being, like, a source of income. It's great, don't get me wrong. But, like, this is why I'm never mad at people for unsubscribing or, like, not subscribing or just, like, hang out for free. My, my stream is a, is a place for you to just be. Mm -hmm. You don't ever need to feel guilted about giving me money. It's nice. It, it's nice for you to tip me for busking, but you don't have. <laughs> and here's Wonderwall. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's Wonderwall. AKA Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. The Wonderwall of Twitch. Right. It's, honestly, it's why I can afford to play games I want to play rather than having to like make sure that the, the stream's profitable right like I really do feel for the small streamers who have to make sure their stream turns a profit because it's their their main like money maker <laughs> yeah but I'll, I'll say like I, I just don't enjoy those streams either like where it's like a money game mm -hmm. I mean it's the same with music or film isn't it if it's like a money game it's just you it's just it's just becomes a bit soulless a bit vacuous so this, this is what I love like smaller communities where you can really be a part of it. That said, like Loading Ready Run, which is a, a streaming channel that I watch a lot, um, they are like they're entirely a streaming and comedy channel, but they produce really quality content. 
Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so, like, it swings around about us, but yeah, like, sometimes you do find the, the people who are in it. Like, obviously, they're in it for the art form as well. Like, they, they're in it because they enjoy doing it. Um, but, like, it's the, you can always tell when there's a streamer who doesn't enjoy what they're doing, but, like, this is just a paycheck for them. Right. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm playing through the Fire and Flames on Guitar Hero 3 for the one millionth time today. Right. Wow, guys, I completed the song. Uh, anyone surprised? Uh, cheers for the new subscribers. Beanbucket69, thanks for the follow. Uh, that's it, I suppose. Uh, who are we going to raid now? Right. Uh, and Mr. Beast. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, I look at... Like, because as a streamer, I look at my analytics, and I look at numbers and I, I look at that stuff and do I want to see growth? Obviously. But do I need there to be growth? No. And I, you know, there's a, a thing to be said about people doing things that are very cash grabby and just trying to basically beg for money from their community. And mm. I've been very open and honest with my community about like my financial situation. I mean, both of you guys probably know that, you know, I was homeless in 20, January 2020. Like, yeah. I got COVID, was homeless, had negative 1K in my bank account. Like, I was fucked. And now I'm at a point where I drop into a friend's stream that I haven't been into in a hot minute and... I just want to do something nice, so I gift some subs, or I give them a private donation, or... Yeah, pay it forward, right? Yeah, and because I've been extremely lucky, I am in no way financially cushy. <laughs> and there were times within the last two months where I'm like, cool, I have $3, no food, and four days until payday. How am I going to make this work? And I make it work. And I know... Adzi, you, you yell at me all the time about uh, you're never going to get into that situation again and reach out if I need help. And, you know, I've, I'm very fortunate to have people like that now, but it was never quite like this. So I just try to pay forward all of the good fortune that I've received. And I pay it. I try to pay it forward to like you and Lila and everybody else in the community who will eventually be guests. So I'm not going to throw too many names out there, but <laughs> speaking of, speaking of Lila, um, I want to, I want to say something and like this, this isn't just like, this isn't the only uh, thing on Lila. It's just that this is what like, she sort of reminded me of it. Um, I don't know uh, another way to phrase it because every phrase, every phrasing people use for this is an unkind description. But let's talk about why attractive people on Twitch are allowed to play games and have fun with their community. <laughs> why hot tub streams are okay. Why it's okay, like, it's okay for attractive people to play games because here's the thing, if people are enjoying it, no matter why they're enjoying it, even if they're just enjoying it because they're like, mm, pretty girl smells nice, right? Like, right. they are allowed to find their joy. Mm-hmm. They're allowed to find their joy. Find your joy. And that's, 
if you want to do the whole hot tub stream, basically blow your mic, you know, if if that's, you know, shake your ass when someone gives you bits, fine. Do that, but do that on the right platform, the right service. Like, like if you want to do that on Twitch, go for it. Right. It's like, not, like, because if you want to do that on Twitch, if you want to shake your ass when someone subscribes... I'm really glad you found your joy. As long as you enjoy doing it, keep doing it. Don't Mm -hmm. worry about making an OnlyFans. Do it on Twitch. Twitch is not responsible for people finding you attractive. Right. Um, My my only kind of stopping point comes when it's just like, stay within terms of service and um, don't be predatory. Yes. And that goes through both sides of that equation. Because that is a really weird parasocial relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're going to do that, please be aware that you're you're on the internet now. And that probably won't go away. Yep. Be safe. Be kind. And look after... Like, it is not the duty of the streamer to look after their audience. It's not the duty of the audience to look after their streamer. Mm-hmm. Um, Please don't make someone's stream part of your personality. Yeah. Well, and one of the things about it is there's, at time of recording, there's a lot of things rolling around the internet about Twitch do better. And do I think Twitch needs to do better? Absolutely. As someone who was doxxed on stream, as someone who has been hate-botted, hate follow about it. Like I, I have experienced that and people coming in and trying to fat shame me because I'm a thick girl and someone calling me ugly because I have a scar on my face. Like things that I couldn't give two shits about. Bring it on baby. Because come attack me because I can take it. Yeah, you really think that you can say something to me that I don't say to myself every day? Right? Like, I, come on, like... I went to a state school in the UK. <laughs> you can't cut me deeper than my own childhood trauma. Right. Also, I, can, we, can I just say, though, for anyone out there that's listening, uh, I'm a very sensitive person. Can only say nice things about the podcast? <laughs> five star on SoundCloud. Yes. But, I mean... Tell your friends, tell your family, yell that you're terrified and confused dog. Yes. Bitch, slap that like button. Everyone wants to hear about this podcast. Karate chop that follow and subscribe. Pelvic okay. thrust into that bell notification icon. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, do, do what you're going to do. Do what makes you happy, as long as it doesn't negatively affect someone else go for it. Like, and that's, I think part of why I wanted to do this podcast. Druid came to me with a better worded offer and an idea to do this when this is something I've always kind of wanted to do, except I'm an educated swine (laughs) and Druid can put things more eloquently. (laughs) Darling, don't I know it. (laughs) 
but I mean, it's, this for me gives me uplifting other people. Any modicum of success that I have, I want to use it to lift other people. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, especially for me, I mean, like, I don't stream myself. And in fact, I don't watch a lot of Twitch streams. The people I watch on Twitch are people that we're going to be interviewing, and that's it. Like, I'm not really interested in uh, someone eating cream corn into their <laughs> microphone. Uh, but, like, you know, this is my way of giving back to people that have, like, readily accepted me into their kind of, like, world. Mm-hmm. I... This is, like, this is, this, this is my stream. Mm. Yeah, uh, basically. I mean, like, it boils down to the fact that there's no top or bottom to human interest. It's nested fractally. Exactly. It's like, there's everything is interesting to somebody. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just got to let people do their own thing as long as it's not hurting anyone. Yeah including themselves, right? Like Yeah. People get big mad about it, don't they? Like, People get big mad over weird shit, though. Mm-hmm. Like, Especially now. I find it really so, confusing when people, like, get angry about... And it's like, it's always the same, like, group of, like, young 20-somethings. It's like um, getting angry about the music that someone's listening to. Like, those sounds in your ears, those are the wrong sounds. Right. Just vibrations in air, kids. A lot of hate's been made about cancel, um, like, I hate using the word cancel culture because that's not really, it's not a culture, right? Like, it's, that's not what it is. It's rich people being held accountable for bad shit they've done. It's not being unfairly canceled, it's being held to account. Right. Come on. Well, exactly. Uh, uh, well, and, and let's be honest, the term uh, cancel culture is just co-opted to make it sound like it's like a negative process. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's no, like, it's, we've always had it. It's called the court of public opinion. And when there's a lot of, uh, a lot of information, maybe not all of it true about a person, the court of public opinion is going to use all of it to decide their fate. This is not a new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. This has been around for literally centuries. She's a witch. Yeah, right? Like, the Salem witch trials were essentially, like, were cancel culture by the same token. It... Don't... Please don't, like, make it a new thing that the left is up to, because, like, in the 1980s, when people weren't allowed to play D&D because it was being demonized by Southern Baptist churches, Mm -hmm. it's like, that was cancel culture as well. Like, I don't want to hear a goddamn thing about, um about this from you. Right. Maybe we and, should maybe yeah. we should just all learn to be fucking chill with each other yeah, and maybe thing, do the smart thing. The right the right yeah, exactly. The right has been cancelling things since the dawn of civilization. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah, that's what um, the conservative movement is. It's about yeah. knocking down things that are new and scary. That's what conservatism means. Yep. Because it's sometimes the, the the new and scary things that get knocked down need to be knocked down because they're too new and too scary. Or because, like, just because it's a new and 
interesting idea does not necessarily mean it's safe. Um, like, that's what conservatism is supposed to be there for, and liberalism is supposed to be a counter-argument to it for, um, this is new and might work, let's experiment with it, right? Like, there's supposed to be two forces that counterbalance each other, not two forces that work in opposition. Right. Yeah, and, you know... Oh, God, I said I didn't want to talk about politics. Well, here, but right? that, that <laughs> you know, that Motley Crue album got me pregnant, and the resulting baby is now on SPC. Uh, if you want to look at SPC 121... It's a little man in a box staring into the corner and if he looks at you he turns into Simon Cowell and then tells you you're not good enough and that is the definition of horror right CP CP there is actually a, a whole thing about S SCP being mis misread as SPC so I decided that SPC stands for the shark punching centre <laughs> <laughs> but that's the conspiracy it's run by the sharks of us <laughs> yeah the sharks push punching centre needs you the SPC yeah, foundation yeah. yeah there's nothing like getting fucked eight times at once <laughs> have that DVD uh, oh I try not to talk about that I found it in a bush <laughs> yeah fuck it alright let's 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 take a deep dive on on UK shit woods porn uh, yeah fantastic um once found a paper bag um, with like playing cards with horse porn on them. That's not just a UK thing. No, yeah, like <laughs> it's such a weird worldwide phenomenon. Who is still dumping porn in the woods? Who's buying porn and then like using it and then as part of their purge cycle, not just burning it in their backyard, because I guess, like, throwing it out, there's a whole lot of concerns there, but, like, going into the woods and throwing it into a hollow log for some kids to find. It's, a, it's actually the top half of Louis C.K.'s uh, hair. Rye <laughs> <laughs> went, went missing, and now just leaves porn in the woods. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, oh. SCP-397. Yeah, SCP-397. What is 397, actually? I'm yeah, I think you'll find it's Louis C.K.'s hairpiece, uh, <laughs> perverted, ginger, and ready to roll. Oh. Uh, a female chimpanzee standing at 1.27 metres in height. Yeah, that sounds Exhibiting like Exhibiting human-level sapiens can read and speak both English and the local dialect and redact it proficiently. That's straight out of a paper bag in the woods. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Do you know what's really sexy? That prehensile tail. <laughs> well, guys, to get towards wrapping it up, uh, we've only received one listener question. Uh, but I think it's it's glorious, and I think it's something that we could, we could definitely run with. Uh... Adzi, are you ready for this question? Yes. So, <laughs> the wonderful Derp House <laughs> says, here's my question for Adzi. Why? I'll let him interpret the specifics. Okay. So here's the answer to why. <laughs> so, in order to start answering the question why, we must first consider what and who. And that's the podcast for this week. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thanks for, what, thanks for listening. Um, in considering what and whom, we have to consider the uh, underlying solipsism of the term why. And, it, and 
remember that like there are many different sections for why a thing can be, but really only two or three correct interpretations of what that why should be. So in doing so, we first have to go to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, uh, Holy shit! They love free two-day shipping. They have expendable income. They're between the ages of 25 and 30. Um, <laughs> it's going to waffle. It's going to waffle forever. You can't stop me. Oh my it's god. when I stop speaking. I'm just going to filibuster it forever. <laughs> Yeah, you talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> <laughs> I love the groan, the like audible groan I got for listening that. <laughs> and I, I, well, I, I not so recent. Well, like kind of recently uh, completed teacher training. Uh, so what I, a useful set of tools Maslow's hierarchy of needs are for like very few specific things. They just get shoehorned into everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to self-actualize my own fucking. <laughs> Moral panic. I'm gonna give you a. I'm gonna give you a minute to self-actualize before you get knocked the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna self-actualize you stopping talking about Uh Oh, good old Maslow. You know what? Fuck it, man. Thank you for the pass. Um, <laughs> you made my. You made my teacher training uh, dissertation very easy. Yeah, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is one of those things where it's like this is an extremely reductive way of talking about something, but it's useful in that context. And then uh, you find uh, people yeah. re trying to recontextualize it. It's like, no, that's not what it's for. Don't stop it. Stop using that hammer to put a screw in. Maz, no. Maz, yeah. Don't mind me just Googling what the fuck you're talking about. People can be happy when they don't have shelter. It's not, it's not necessarily there. It's just like a... In general, you need this thing before you need this next thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Higher levels of learning and achievement and attainment. Uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Oh my god. It's like, it's not supposed to be hard and fast. It is a, um, it's like a 50 plus percentile layering of like, most people who have this are able to move on to this. Yeah. Mm. Talking about things I found in the woods. <laughs> Master's hierarchy of needs. Inside yeah, a yeah, hollow yeah. log. <laughs> Next to a picture of Lucy Pinder. Yeah. I'm self actualizing a boner. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love how like poorly defined self actualization is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so many people are willing to die on the hill of self actualization doesn't mean anything it's a buzzword that's that was put there before because they didn't have any better turn to put in there oh my gosh i am I, um, I love the highbrow bent that this is taking <laughs> like last time we just i think we just talked about farts uh, this is what happens this is what happens when uh, when people talk to me for more than 2 hours it will like massively um what's the word like sine wave between high concept and shit talk yeah that's my that's my line though i think that is my entire persona and i feel kind of i feel kind of like attacked that uh, it's been tapped into in such a way yeah. <laughs> human beings contain multitudes everyone discovers it and thinks it's it's personal to them what, at least some point in their life and then has to realize that everyone else is going through the same thing 
Okay, Google, can you just remind me how nothing in life is unique? Okay. There's beauty in the fact that nothing is unique. It means we have shared experiences. Mm Hmm? Well, I think... What what a bard. (laughs) Right? I think uh, that's probably a good place to wrap it up. Um, Adzi, thank you so much. Um, I truly appreciate you coming on and, and hanging out with us. And, uh, where can people find you? What do you want to shout out? What do you want to promote? First shout out being to yourself and Druid for hosting this and especially to Druid for having to edit through all the garbage. (laughs) Um, I'm sure you're going to have your work cut out for you on this one and I apologize. No, it's Um, okay. What a pleasure. You'll have to to pass through what makes the man. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna find Druid on his ceiling. Like, and I'll have to get him down with the broom, like with a broom, like in the fly. It's okay, Druid. You've been editing for six hours. We love you, and we need you to sleep. (laughs) I think you'll find that's SCP sixty (laughs) nine. Hang on, I'm looking it up. What is SCP sixty nine? It is. Second chance. A presumed humanoid entity of variable appearance and gender. When left alone with a recently deceased human body, the body will disappear and O6N will take on the appearance, mannerisms, and knowledge of the recently dead individual. Interesting. Oh, so hot tub streams. <laughs> yeah, it's hot tub streams. <laughs> anyway. Uh, stain. Keep it wet out there, guys. Anyway, sorry, I don't know. Keep yourselves moist. Um... <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you can find me at um, twitch.tv forward slash ANSYW, a uh, Alpha Delta Zulu Yankee whiskey. Um, you can also find me just about everywhere with that. With that, my branding is pretty homogenized. Mm-hmm. I use ANSYW for literally everything. Um, you will not find me on Facebook. You won't find me on Twitter. Or you might, you'll find me on Twitter just to uh, just to see me post things, but I don't like engage with it. So sorry if you have opinions and need to yell them at me. I'm not going to read them. Um, so now I know where recently, to yell all of them at. Up until recently, I had a YouTube channel. The comments are open on that. Go ahead and pour your grief into that. Again, I won't read it. Um, <laughs> but I... So I've stopped uploading things because I got pissed off with the copyright strikes and the monetization on my videos that I wanted to be unmonetized. Mm. Um, and do you have an event, any events coming up that we need to keep yeah, an was, eye on? I was seeing if there was anything else I wanted to talk about to that. Cause I kind of want to end on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So here is what I want to end on. So, September between let me see, find it between September fifth and September nineteenth. So starting on the fifth and finishing on the nineteenth, I'll be running a uh, Trevor Project series of streams. The streams will be more frequent during that time. Um, the schedule is to be arranged, by which I mean like whenever I have free time, I will run a stream. Um, Again, it's going to be for the Trevor Project, um, because, you know, gay lives do matter, and 
uh, I during during June I casually threw out the uh, the thing of like I'll see you fuckers in September when everyone's forgotten that gay people still exist and then I was just like hey you know why don't I do that I've got time we're gonna have guests um, which are to again to be announced um, please come one come all I am going to start by just looking to raise a hundred dollars um, and we'll go from there, I guess. I have a, I also have some giveaways at each $100 milestone. But we really only want to reach that first 100 Beautiful. If we, get, if we get any higher than that, I'm going to start throwing in, uh, okay, here's a cool thing from my house. <laughs> any of you who know me know that I have a lot of cool things in my home. Yeah. Uh, I will be giving away some uh, some impossible to get board games and things like that as well. So very cool. Well, I greatly appreciate it. I greatly appreciate you joining us, um, and it has been an honor, a blast, and I can't wait to continue Friday Night Crimes. Yeah. Friday Night Crimes. Crumbs. Here's to the two star one hit level. The what? The two star one hit level. Ah, uh, yeah. You've just some light crime. Just you've done yeah. some. You've you've done some things, but you haven't killed anyone yet. Yep. Uh, uh, we're aware. That's what yeah. the police name. Oh, we're aware. Oh yeah, yeah we. We're aware what's going on, but it, right now it's just basically just aggravated mischief. Yeah, we see you, but it's fine. <laughs> I just sold a few keys of coke. Ah, it's fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> it's victimless crime, really. <laughs> yes. Like tax evasion. Um. Oh. <laughs> All right, everybody. Yeah. Have... Thank you. Thank you so much, Adzi. Yes, Adzi. Thank you so much, and Druid, as always. Thank you. Um. And thank you, everybody, listening. I'll see you next time, Ginger. I can't wait. Yes. See you guys next time. Bye, bu- everybody. Bye bye. Bye. Sick.